Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Pony Stampede Podcast. I'm Billy Embody. Thanks for listening and tuning in on this Monday, a busy Sunday uh, and really weekend for, for SMU football. Um, let's start with probably the, the biggest news uh, that came, though, uh, on the weekend, and that was that SMU defensive line coach, Brett Dearson, is leaving the coaching staff uh, for Temple. He's going to serve as their special teams coordinator and associate head coach. This actually all happened really quickly. And um, Rod Carey, the former Northern Illinois head coach, when Brett Dearson was at Northern Illinois with Kevin Kane, is now the head coach at Temple. The two are very, very close. Um, so that's really where all this started. And when you go back to when he was hired in January, there was kind of some buzz, and that was more from just what other folks were hearing, that he could end up at Temple with with Rod Carey. But it happens in July. Uh, Temple had a staff change. One of their uh, coaching staff members left for Baylor um, to join the, the former Temple staff that they're, that's there now Matt, with Matt Rule. And so they had an opening late in the game, uh, certainly, you know, under a month before training camp. Uh, and so they went with Brett Dearson, who gets a considerable raise. Um, he gets a big title elevation. I mean, he's, I mean, he's, he's it's a big, big deal uh, for him. He gets to move back towards the Midwest with one of his best friends, uh, uh, you know, that that's taken over there at Temple in Rod Carey. So it's a move that makes a lot of sense. The timing, of course, doesn't appear to make sense and, and certainly uh, puts SMU under the gun to make a new hire. Uh, but look, I think... The good positive thing, of, not a good positive thing about this, but SMU has Randall Joyner, who's been defensive ends coach with alongside Brett Dearson. Uh, Randall Joyner has been, um, you know, in the meetings with Brett Dearson. They all meet together as a group, so they're not separate. So it's not like there's going to be this big change for the, the coaches and how things work. Um, so they'll have now really, I mean, l- let's look at the – What I would say would be the most logical thing to do is elevate Randall Joyner to be defensive line coach, especially with it being this close to the season, and then trying to figure out who is the best possible person we can hire at this point in the game and then just make it work. Um, It's certainly one where um, you don't really ever want this to be the the case. Um, But look, they, I, I feel like, Sonny Dykes and his staff do a really good job of, of thinking outside the box in terms of who they should bring in, where they should place them, and things like that. So I think it'll be interesting to see what they do with this position now that it's open. Um, but certainly rough timing uh, from that perspective that um, we're under a month away from training camp and now SMU has an opening on its coaching staff. But the bright side is Randall Joyner has been in that meeting room with Brett Dearson for the last year and a half now. And so the, I think there, it'll kind of be a seam, seamless transition if that's the way they want to go with it, which would be to just elevate Joyner to um, a full-time defensive line, you know, the, as the entire group. And then I think if that happens, you look at Blake Brockemeyer and Stefan McClure, the two GAs that, that also work on the defensive line, um, or, or uh, uh, McClure is a GA and Brockemeyer is a defensive analyst. So there's a lot of help at that position already, and I think uh, it it's a big loss because Dearson is a very talented coach, um, and and has had success, and and that unit overall has clearly gotten better. 
Um, I do think if SMU is going to keep Randall Joyner around here a long time, eventually he would have had to get some sort of promotion. Uh, so wouldn't surprise me if the if the logical thing to do is just to elevate Joyner and then figure out what to do with that um, next staff position uh, for SMU. But they've got to work quick under a month away until training camp, and uh, I think it'll be very interesting to see what they do with that that final spot that they have on the coaching staff uh, now open. And by the way, big congratulations to Randall Joyner. What a week uh, for him. Uh, was out in Jamaica uh, for, for a week-long vacation with his then-girlfriend and now uh, engaged, uh, got engaged on, on Saturday. Uh, so big, big congratulations to the Joyners. Uh, and and uh, then he capped his weekend with getting a commitment from defensive end Jay Bell. And Jay Bell, we're going to talk about him on the flip side of this quick break as he becomes the 10th commitment for the Mustangs in the 2020 class. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Pony Stampede Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Pony Stampede Podcast, part of the 24-7 Sports Network. Leave us a rating, leave us a review, hit that subscribe button to the podcast wherever you're listening to it, and spread the word about the podcast. We appreciate all you guys referring us to all your SMU friends uh, that would like to listen. So SMU on Sunday gets a commitment from 2020 Beaumont Westbrook defensive end Jay Bell, 6'2", 205 pounds, give or take, depending on the day. But they get Jay Bell. He silently committed when he was on his uh, SMU uh, official visit. And now he goes public on his grandmother's birthday. So uh, kind of a special uh, deal for him to do that and and to honor her in that way. She's since passed away. Uh, Now, Bell, what's SMU getting? Like I said, 6'2", 200 pounds. He's going to play a weak side defensive end, stand-up outside linebacker type role for SMU. He's the number 91 overall outside linebacker in the country and the number 186 player in Texas. He had offers from Louisiana Monroe, New Mexico State, North Texas, UTSA, a few others. And I said this on our uh, board, but Bell is somebody that they really had to monitor uh, academically over the course of the year. Um, and, And they just really finally got to a point after his junior year where they felt good enough about him. Uh, they had him up for a visit and, um, you know, went over everything, put the offer on the table, and then brought him in on an, on an official visit and uh, got him to uh, commit. 
He's on a very, very good football team. They're a runner-up in Texas Class 6A Division II uh, with a 13-3 and record. Uh, he's very productive. His stats, uh, I haven't gotten them from his coach yet, but if you watch his film, he you can tell he makes plays all over the field. I think he's somebody that is going to kind of naturally need to uh, put on the weight and, and get bigger, um, which he, when he talked with us about um, about his uh, visit and some of the things they talked with him about, they, they mentioned how he's very similar to Gary Wiley, who's also fairly under-recruited. Uh, as well, but and how much weight they were able to pack on him from six three or so, two hundred and ten pounds coming into SMU's program to the six one, two hundred forty pounds he really is right now. Um, and look, I mean, I think that's what you want uh, if you're if you're SMU and you look at Jay Bell, somebody who's versatile, definitely can rush the pa- rush the rush the passer uh, and get after the quarterback. Um, and then w- once he adds that strength and that size to his frame will be able to play be more of a, a three down player um, and contribute uh, you know on all three downs uh, for SMU but I like the pickup I think he was under recruited in part because of his grade issues um, but SMU has paid a lot of attention to it and really they like what he's uh what he's done as far as uh, um, getting back um, getting back into to a good academic standing and, and things like that. When Robert Wooten and Kari Coleman went elsewhere, SMU had their two guys, Mason Mastroff and Jay Bell. Those are the guys that they monitored all year uh, as guys that they wanted to step right in and, and, and you know, be in that class if they didn't land those two others. Um, and so they had a plan. They got two guys that they like that they think have really high upside. Their best football is ahead of them. Uh, so good on SMU, uh, you know, for getting him locked down in, in the 2020 class. And, and now, uh, you're just going to have to hold on to him if he continues to pick up offers and things like that. Now, overall, SMU sits at number seven in the AAC in terms of recruiting class rankings. Um, they're a class that out of the top seven, they're the only one. They have 10. Everyone else has either 13 or 14 commitments. So a lot of the points are kind of skewed. SMU is fifth overall in the AAC in average recruit ranking right now. Um, so they're they're fairly you know, they're getting talent that's fairly better than um, some of the other programs that just have some more commitments, which is always a good thing. But as we move into the question and answer portion of our Pony Stampede podcast from our uh, subscribers on Pony Stampede, that's a good segue for me to talk about some of the staffs that are doing a really good job recruiting. Look, I think Houston is the one that has made probably the biggest splash. They only have five commitments, but they're all very good ones. Um, And I think that Houston is going to do a really good job recruiting uh, Baton Rouge and South Louisiana and then as well as Texas. And so um, that's kind of their hub in terms of what they've really prioritized, it seems like, since taking over there. Um, So I like what Houston's doing. Um, I think Memphis has done a really good job. I think you're seeing them build build a class that's – They've got a couple JUCO guys that are that can step in right away. They've got to get a, a you know, I, I think they've got to hit on their next quarterback. Brady White is a transfer, um, and he's entering his, I believe, his final season. So they've got to hit on somebody to come up um, because, you know, that's kind of the question mark, I think, right now with them as their future at quarterback. Um, Temple's done a strong job. USF's got the number two class on the 24-7 sports composite, but 24-7 isn't it? necessarily as high 
on the classes they are that that one's kind of weighed by Miller Merriweather Lewis who's uh he really started off his recruitment strong I mean he's got offers from all over the place but his body hasn't developed really well he's kind of been out of shape and he's transferred to a couple different schools now so there there's some things going on there but his his composite score is still really high so anyway I think that's kind of buoying them up to the top a little bit um I think UCF is still on the right track. I do think this is going to be kind of – it's going to be a tough year for Josh Heupel. I mean, Brandon Wimbosh is your de facto starter now that Daryl Mack went down with a, with an ankle injury. Um, and they're going to have to continue to piece together a productive team and, and kind of build off of the success they've had. But, look, I mean, it's it's gotten tougher to recruit in the AAC. Tulane's done a terrific job, I think, uh, picking really high-quality guys that – you know, might have uh, not necessarily had committable Power Five offers, but are talented enough to have certainly been invited to camp um, and be brought in. So they've got some good pieces that I like. Uh, but I think SMU's they take the patient approach. They really do. I mean, you looked at it last year. Uh, they went on a run in June, and 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 then you know they evaluated that class and they actually you know cut three or four guys loose, um, and they were some of the higher rated guys. But um, I think they do a really good job of consistently evaluating. I like pretty much every commitment they've gotten. Um, I've talked about it before. Marcus Smith worries me a little bit with his weight. Um, but, you know, they they have guys that are athletic. They have guys that can move around, I think, for the most part. Um, so they've done a really good job. And, and I think their brand is pretty strong in terms of what they're about now. Um, and so I think that's helping. Um. So moving on to some of the other questions, uh, New Ducker asked, uh, Mikel Ono transferred to Colorado and other rumors and destinations on the former players. You can actually check all this out on uh, the 24-7 Sports Transfer Portal page. Uh, it lists all of it, and you can sort it by school, so you can see where everyone's headed. But the ones we have down really right now um, are Hunter uh, Thedford going to Utah, Brandon Benson going to Stony Brook, Josh Shellmeyer went to a Division three school that's escaping me right now. Um, Jared Miles went to junior college to figure out his academic situation. Um, and the offensive linemen, uh, haven't landed elsewhere just yet, but I do think Harrison Barton ends up playing somewhere next year, but I could be wrong. Uh, on the, on the football side of things, uh, the question as to how much SMU spends on food, this kind of comes off of the heels of a, uh, um, Forbes article on on Arkansas spending three point five million dollars a year on meal allotment. Um, look, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't know what SMU's budget is. I don't think uh, I don't think they can tell me because it's a. I mean, it's a private university. They don't have to report anything. But I think I bet you they spent. And the, look, all right. So the difference with SMU is that they have meal places like right there. They've got the New Commons uh, meal place. They've got. Max place, which is right next to the football team. And then I do know that they do, they are able to like cater food. I mean, they can give these kids as much food as they want. They do cater and take care of like breakfast and then dinner after, after practice. It would not surprise me if they were probably in the 1.2 million range. And maybe, maybe I'm just overvaluing how much food costs, but, um, I mean, they do it right. I mean, they, they give these kids as much food as they can possibly give them. So, um, and, and that's one thing that Kaz Kazadi has really stressed as well as the food and nutrition. So 
and whatever cause get, get wants at this point point he gets. So, um, I bet you they're right in that one, $1 million range of, of, you know, budget for food per year. Um, that's kind of all the football talk. I would say AAC media days begin on Monday night. They'll have a, um, they'll have a quick cookout, uh, where they'll do some live interviews and then they'll go, um, onto, um, um, Tuesday is the big round panel, uh, discussion and things like that. Um, but look, I do have one more football question to, to answer and it's AAC hot seat predictions. And I'm going to go with, uh, Tulsa's Philip Montgomery. I think he's, uh, he's got to win this year to keep the job. Uh, I would say, I mean, I know Tulsa's is, uh, certainly kind of a question mark in terms of, um, uh, how much money they want to spend and commit to athletics. But, um, I think he's on the hot seat for sure. Um, and other than that, I, I can't really say that there's anyone truly on the hot seat. I think Charlie Strong's in a precarious situation, uh, with the way they finished last year. Um, and so I, I think if things don't get better and don't improve in a big way, um, and especially if they fall apart in conference play, like they did again, do it, did last year, if they do that again, he could be gone for sure. Um, but those are kind of the two. I mean, I think Memphis is safe, Houston's safe, SMU's safe, um, Tulane's very safe, USF, UC, or I mean, excuse me, UCF is safe, Temple, brand new coach, um, Navy, obviously safe, East Carolina, new coach, um, I guess UConn, <laughs> um, after they're done <laughs> here. So, um, you know, that, that's going to be difficult um, for them to to figure out what to do. So, um, but other than that, yeah, I mean, I I think Tulsa and and USF, probably the two that I would watch the most in terms of hot seats, but now, uh, we're going to wrap up with a couple quick basketball questions. Um, in terms of who's going to move on from SMU, uh, I think they've figured it out. I just don't think it has been I don't think the players enter the portal or I don't know what he, his plan is. Um, so may, I mean, maybe, um, you know, that, that might be something uh, to watch. And then Bandamel, I actually just asked SMU compliance about this on Friday. They still don't know yet. The NCAA is reviewing all of his transcripts and paperwork. Basically it went to a really weird Canadian prep school that could be considered a college. So if that happened, like, like if, if they say, okay, that was a college, um, or what is the equivalent of a college, then, uh, he'll have one or two depends on kind of how it works out, but it's in compliance and the NCAA's court. Um, so we'll see. I don't, I really don't know, um, when we're going to get an answer on that. Um, as far as the out of conference attorney for SMU this year, that ship has sailed. So, uh, with that guys, um, I'm going to wrap up the podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, keep it locked on Pony Stampede this week. I have a feeling we're in the, um, we're set for a big week on the board. So with that, hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you guys had a great weekend and, uh, have a great one.